What's up, y'all? Respect the Chat Podcast, episode 110. We're back. Oh, yeah. It's Super Bowl weekend. Ryan's in Pittsburgh. I'm in uh, Milford, Pennsylvania. Yep. And we're getting ready for the game. Mm-hmm. What's up, Ryan? How's everything going? Are you excited? Oh, I'm hype. Let's get it. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for this all season. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we've been waiting for this for a while, so I'm excited. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. If you guys see me look down a lot, I got a bunch of notes on my computer. I got a pad. I got a pencil. I'm trying to do my best to orchestrate this so that me and Ryan have a great episode for y'all. Rich couldn't make it this week, so it's just the two of us, and we'll get this out. Um, you'll hear this today. So, you know, oh, yeah. we recorded on a Sunday, the Sunday of Super Bowl. Um, you know what number this is? I don't even know what number 54, Super Bowl this is. 54, 56. Okay, fifty-four through fifty-six, possibly. Don't. <laughs> That's the. Uh, come on now, we got to know the. We got to know the su- Super Bowl. We got fifty-five. Fifty-five <laughs> in between. My, that's it. Right in between. Then my wife just opened up the door and I asked her to be quiet during the podcast. She did great. Opened up the door quietly. She said fifty-five. Wow. We don't even know, See? and we run the podcast. Come on, now. numbers are. You know what I'm saying? Numbers are not a big thing. We never really know the UFC number, whenever that is. We were right, though. Between 54 and 56, spot (laughs) on. We were spot on, actually. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. Big weekend. Great weekend. Um, This game, I think, is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Um, Before I even get into predictions and who's going to be the MVP, who's going to throw for most yards, we're going to talk about some bets that we got going. Mm -hmm. We're going to run the gambit. Then we'll get to some basketball and maybe a little UFC, but we'll try to do our best to get a full episode for you guys. But But to start, I just wanted to say this. I think this is a Super Bowl where you have obviously the GOAT in Tom Brady and the future GOAT in Patrick Mahomes playing against each other. The maybe number one defense against the number one offense in the NFL. Unbelievable. These These two guys are two and two. When they play each other, they average about 300 yards against each other this is this is unbelievable what's happening here i cannot believe that this is the game we get these are the quarterbacks we get what do you think this game means to the legacy of both of these guys wow um so so i'll start with tom brady i think that his legacy is already cemented i don't think that there's anything he could do to hurt that just getting to this point for him I think is a big is a big deal for his legacy, but in order I think for himself and for, you know, a lot of doubters and haters and stuff uh to prove that Bill Belichick fia- uh, feud, you know what I mean? Uh is it Brady, is it Belichick? I think that just getting here does a lot for him. So I think winning it just is icing on top of a already, you know, really good career, fantastic career, goat status career. And uh, but for Mahomes, I think this is a really big game. I think that to win back-to-back Super Bowls and to do it against someone like Tom Brady just does so much for your whole career uh, as a future Hall of Famer, as a future greatest quarterback of all time. Conversation like you were saying, um, I think that this is a big a big test for him to go up against someone who's so experienced, so you know has been here so many times. It's just another game for him that I think that this is more more a test of Patrick Mahomes legacy as it is uh Tom Brady. So what do you what do you think? 
I couldn't agree more. I think that's exactly what I was thinking. This is a test of the legacy of, of both of these guys. Like you said, Patrick, um, Tom Brady's legacy is cemented, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's won six Super Bowls. This could be his seventh. Oh, yeah. After you win, you know, more than two <laughs> or three, yeah. you know, for this guy, we already knew um, where Tom Brady was going to land, you know, in the greatest of all time. And that's at the top, you know, for quarterbacks, maybe even athletes wise. I, I've heard yeah. throughout this whole week, people talking about, is he the greatest athlete ever? I mean, how can you argue that he possibly, you know, he possibly may be Jordan is close to him, Bill Russell in championships and stuff like that in different sports, obviously um, Jeff Gordon, um, you know, uh, Tiger Woods, Serena you know, Williams. Serena Williams, people like this, man, like he is, is definitely, and already was in that conversation, but now he may go above everybody by getting the seventh switching over to a new city, um, a new team, um, everything new, you know, and, and he's the guy coming in there and bringing that greatness of a team that was so bad. So I think Tom, Tom Brady's legacy is cemented and I think it's there. I think this game is more important for the legacy of Patrick Mahomes though, in the sense of, I know Mahomes is going to win Super Bowls, but if he can go back to back, the last yeah. team that went back to back, I believe is the 03, 04 um, New England Patriots um, that, that won back to back Super Bowls. And obviously Tom Brady, once again, but if Patrick Mahomes could win back-to-back Super Bowls this early in his career, mm-hmm. in the fashion that he does it, dominating games, um, you know, uh, coming back in games, um, losing players, being injured, you know, just every every aspect of the game has occurred in some form to Patrick Mahomes. And he has overcome all of it mm-hmm. um, through playoff runs, through, I think he's 25, I had this somewhere, 25 in one out of his last 26 starts, including the playoffs. Like, wow, you know, th- th- this guy is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So his legacy is, you know, climbing and he's building that resume mm-hmm. of what can make him the future go and be mentioned with Brady and Bradshaw with those guys who had the most Super Bowls mm-hmm. as a quarterback, Montana and Elway and all these guys as well. Uh, Aikman got to throw the cowboy guy in there. <laughs> um, you know, and all the modern day guys too, who we've seen come through right. as well and win Super Bowls. But I think Mahomes' legacy is huge in the sense if he wins and he gets two and he goes back to back, could could anyone stop what they're about to go? If they could win two, they could get, just keep winning over and over. I think. But if they lose, I think it would throw a little wrench in there in the sense of like, okay, they can be beat. Obviously, it's by Brady and the Bucks D and how good they are. Um, and he went against a legend, but I think he needs this to continue that step up to be on a fast track of that legacy happening. But he has a certain, he has a ton of time left in his career, but he's, he's capable of so much. I just think this game means a little bit more to his legacy than it does to Brady's in the sense of beat Brady, beat the King, beat the guy who's there, take over. You know what I'm saying? Like when Michael Jordan took over uh, for, for Larry Bird and Magic Johnson Magic Johnson in the era of basketball, can he take over the Tom Brady era? And he and it's the now the Patrick Mahomes era. Wow. That's going to be something else. Or is it going to continue on? Are we going to see Brady win and then come back and continue his reign? His reign may not be over. He may not be ready to hand that, you know, that, um, that sword over mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to bow down to the new king, you know, I, I don't know. This is going to be crazy. Oh, what yeah. a great, great game. Um, what is your prediction for the game? Who do you think wins? And give me a round. Give me give me a, the best prediction of a score you can get. Okay. Um, 
So just straight up, I got I got the Chiefs. I I like okay. the Chiefs winning. Um, all this talk about you know legacy and one cementing their legacy, the other one still building. Uh, I think all that aside, if we look at the teams as a whole, I I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a much better defense. I think that goes without saying. It's very solid. Uh, I I believe they get both their safeties back. That. Uh, people were worried about them missing um so they they seem healthy seem like they're ready to go i think that the firepower though that the chiefs bring and the creativity that they bring is just you know not the best matchup for their defense uh they're a really really strong run defense as well and i'd be surprised if they ran the ball three or four times this game, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to get Edwards Alaire involved, you know. They might get uh, Williams involved as well. But overall, I think the narrative is going to be Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyree Kill, McCole Hardman, guys like that, just finding space, finding holes in the defense. And, uh, yeah, I, I got the Chiefs. I My prediction, I'd say 27-24. 27. 27-24 Chiefs. So if you're a betting man, which, which at, I at some point, at, at some points I am, but I know you are, um, 27, 24, does that put you, I don't know what the over under is. Do you know? 56, I believe is the over under 56 and a half. Okay. So, so that would put, that, that would, would put, put you over, under. right? That would put under. me under, that would put me at 51. Oh, 51. wow. So okay. to get to that 56 is crazy in a Super Bowl, but. I mean, I, hey, I'm I'm for more scoring. I'm not gonna if yeah. if I think it's 27 24 and it turns out 31 30 37 you know mm-hmm, 25. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care, man. As long as there's it's action and scoring, it does not matter to me what that over under is because I'm not betting on it. I'm betting on the tons of other things. But <laughs> I didn't I didn't dare touch the over under in this one. This is the one you got to get creative. You can't be doing you. You know you could throw some money at the at the regular bets, the money lines, the the spreads, the over under. But me, my favorite part about the Super Bowl is all the craziness you can bet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, without a doubt, definitely. That's one of the best things about the Super Bowl is just the, the you could bet on the coin toss. You could bet oh, yeah. on you know everyone's got a box and you're rooting for numbers. Sometimes you're not even rooting for the game anymore right. or the team <laughs> or, or the or the team that you even like. You're rooting for um, commercials. You're doing everything, bro. Yes, yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, and that's definitely something that I agree with. I think I, – I do I do think that the, it's going to be an over, though. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the games from what I've seen when these guys have played each other, when the Chiefs win, it's relatively a lower-scoring game in the sense of under 30 points for both teams. Mm-hmm. I don't mean in total. I just mean like it's like 27, you know – 27 24 or something like that i don't know the exact scores but both teams score under 30 when brady wins when he's won with the pats and then with the with the bucks it's been or played against them with when he's been with the bucks it's been above 30 so i think for brady to win this game mm-hmm. it needs to be around 30 or so because i think with him relying on his defense which i think this defense has 41 points over turnovers is what I've seen this week, which is crazy. They have 41 points over turnovers. They're going to have to turn Patrick Mahomes over, and they're going to have to capitalize on it. And Brady's going to have to keep his turnovers down in in, in the sense of Mm interception-wise. So 
I think that does happen, but I also think that both these teams score enough where it's above that over. So I, I, you know, I do agree though. I think it's going to be right in that range of what the over is and it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a a high scoring game, a game where it's very, very entertaining, but, but I'm going to go bucks. And I just think that Brady being at home, like I was saying last week, the weapons he has, the connections he has with them right now, um, the defense and the way the defense is playing is unbelievable. I think a little bit has been made too much of uh, Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, um, having a really good record against Brady because I think when he had that good record and he won those big games, it was with the Giants front five, four who were – basically unstoppable that defense was unbelievable um for the new york giants those years i think he has a pretty good defense with the chiefs it's just not on that level where now you're playing brady brady knows that you have gotten the best of him in a couple games too and he's putting extra study he's breaking down film he's wants to see what you're gonna do against him he knows you're gonna blitz him with that pressure and getting him moving around i think they figure out a lot of things and humphreys uh is that is that uh, I mean, uh, Scotty Miller, I'm sorry, yeah. Scotty Miller. Um, I got my little white receivers, you know, <laughs> mixed up on the same name. Yeah. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronkowski, guys like this, uh, a- Antonio Brown, um, guys like that with the options that Brady has, they're going to be able to figure out quick slants, get the ball out quick before they take a big shot. I think it's something like that. So I got the Bucks just on the fact of having Tom Brady and having a guy who's ready to win his seventh Super Bowl and having the defense to back him up to do it. If the Chiefs defense was better, mm-hmm. I, I would pick the Chiefs because I think this is going to come down to one or two turnovers in a critical time where the other team can capitalize. And Brady is a guy who can capitalize on a turnover pretty well. Um, so that's my pick. I'm going to go with the Bucks. And um, like and, and see what and, and see what happens there. Before we get to your interesting and awesome um, bets for the All Super right. Bowl, which which is one of my favorite things too, um, I want to talk about favorite Super Bowl foods. What Ooh. is there on Super Bowl Sunday that you just say, "Man, I gotta have this," or "I gotta have this throughout the day," whatever it may be. Oh yeah. When the game is on, I gotta have this thing. Is there anything specific? Let me let me go through a tier list for you. All right. Okay. Let me let me give you some rankings because I love a be, good list and rankings. I love it. I'll give you my top five Super Bowl food. All right, top five Super Bowl necessities. Let's go. So, I, this is in order too, counting down from five to one. I, I did a little okay. bit. Thank you. So five. At five, you gotta have the buffalo chicken dip. You gotta Ooh. have the buffalo chicken dip, and the only reason I I put it so high as in five and not you know a little bit towards the top with the one, two, or three, is mm-hmm. because it all depends if you're making it or if you're buying it. Ooh. Some uh, as I'm just saying, you gotta have it. You know, oh, you gotta yeah. have it hot with some chips. Oh. If you make it homemade, awesome, good for you. Mm-hmm. Slide it some my way, but um, <laughs> at five I got buffalo chicken dip. Uh, four, I gotta go with wings. Gotta have some Ooh. wings in there just to go with, you know, go with my number three, which is pizza. Oh, I think you gotta have pizza. You know, some people are sandwich people on game day. I'm I'm a pizza mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's three. Okay. Two, I need some brewskis. 
Brewskies oh, on beer. Gotta have the Brewskies. Brewskies on uh, on Super Bowl Sunday to go with all you know your snacks, your food, etc. But number one, mm. you gotta go with the air fried Oreos that we've been making. <laughs> you need the deep fried Oreos because you know you need something a little sweet after all that food. <laughs> to settle your stomach, you need a little something sweet for dessert. Fried oh, Oreos. Yeah. With, with oh the, yeah, with my sleeper pick for number one. Oh my, oh my gosh, this is this list is amazing. It ju- I just realized that I'm not ready for this <laughs> after that. Oh man, that is I couldn't agree more. It was one. I, there's one I would slightly change in there, but let me let me just say this. Um, since you guys have been talking about the fried Oreos, we have a chat all y'all out there the homies chat with me frankie rich and pat and we and and, and ryan of course and, and then we and we talk about food and we talk about life and we talk about everything sports included whatever it may be but these guys have been on a fried oreo kick and since oh, they've yeah. been talking about it ryan and frankie since they've been talking about it because ryan was the first and then he put <laughs> frankie on and frankie ran with it I, that's all i've been thinking about for the last three four days is how do i get my hands here we go on fr- on fried oreos i can't i can't figure it out but i agree I think it's a sweet is something very underrated oh, yeah. in a Super Bowl in a Super Bowl party. Oh yeah, you need your desserts. You know? Oh yeah, settle the stomach like you said, and you just want something nice after you've just been snacking on all this other craziness the whole day. Um, brute, gotta have brewskis, man. So I know where I gotta go right after this. I I live right in town. I could shoot right over. I don't have oh, yeah. any of those right now. Totally walk, forgot about that. I gotta walk over and grab some myself. Perfect. So we're both on the same page. Now, pizza, you said, and I would agree with that because I'm a pizza guy. I love it to the heart. One of my favorite foods ever. But I am on the other side of that. Like you mentioned before, I'm a sandwich guy. Sandwich I like guy. A, good, right. a six foot hero, Ooh. an Italian or an American or a split in the middle, man. I was a deli man from a good portion of my young life into my, you know, middle age or whatever you want to call that. Um, but I love I love a good deli sandwich. Hey, I ain't mad at Sunday. it. I'm right? mad at it. Campy. Wings are essential. Oh, that yeah. you couldn't eat you couldn't ask for a better football food than wings. I definitely love that. And man, buffalo chicken dip homemade. And specifically, I, I love Rich's buffalo chicken dip is amazing. Uh, I've Go had ahead, it Rich. many many Sundays um before. And when Rich listens to this, I hope he understands that Rich, you have a supreme um buffalo chicken dip man Here we so go, I, would Rich. De- I would definitely recommend that i love the top five bro i oh, love yeah. a list oh, i yeah. love a ranking with anything rank. and you you <laughs> hit it on the head you hit it on the head i love it let's go um back to the game for a quick second yeah. tyree kill and travis kelsey who is more valuable for the um kansas city chiefs in this game today who has to have a better game Ty- uh, tyree kill 200 receiving yards in the first quarter or so a little maybe a little over 200 in the first quarter last time these teams made up um uh, met up and and that that was absolutely mind-blowing i think he finished with like 200 and like 50 something yards or 260 yeah. yards insane. it was, it was in- insane game so is it hill or is it kelsey for the chiefs who needs to have a better game oh boy um it's so tough, but I'm I'm going to go with my pick, my MVP pick with Travis Kelsey. I think that he's had an insane year. They both have, but I think that the year that he has had has just opened up so many opportunities. I, I think they work in a tandem. I think they both open up opportunities for each other, the way that Tyreek Hill can stretch the field so so quickly, and he's such a threat deep that it opens up a lot of underneath routes for, for Travis Kelsey, you know, but on this on the same uh 
on the on the flip side of that, I think that because Travis Kelsey has had such a monster year, that people are starting to show him a little bit more, you know, coverage, bring the linebackers over to him, maybe drop the safety down because they think that it's going to him every time. It's opened up those deep passes that people stopped giving Tyreek Hill for a little bit because, you know, you just play so far off him. Uh, he, let him catch whatever he wants underneath, but he you can't let him beat you deep. But I think that we've seen a couple more deep passes this year than, you know, maybe the previous two seasons just because of the of how big of a year Travis Kelsey's having. You don't think that, that safeties are like, oh, man, I know Tyreek Hill's about to get loose, but Travis Kel- it's second and, what, seven, and Travis Kelsey's going to be wide open underneath. You know, it's pick your poison for them. But uh, for me in in this Super Bowl, I think I think Travis Kelsey has a monster game. I think that he's just gonna find all sorts of weaknesses in you know the secondary and underneath the linebacker level. And I think that in order for the Chiefs to move the ball the way the way they have been, it's been through Travis Kelsey and how reliable he's been as a target, just getting showered with with ten plus targets a game, uh, ten plus receptions a game, even more even more targets, but. Uh, I think for me, they gotta they gotta stick with that in this game. So Kelsey, right? Um, and yes. and and I and I would agree with that. I, I think it's Kelsey is the is the guy who needs to have the big game in order to open up that deep pass to Hill or even um, those those other passes to the to the other player, Sammy Watkins, who's um, playing with a calf injury but playing um, McCall Hardman. I think Le'Veon Bell gets out, you know, into that open. I think they use him a little bit more this game. And to set up Ed- Edwards Hilaire, too. I think it all goes through Kelsey. If Kelsey can open up those pockets down the field and make those catches, oh, the yeah. other guys now are freed up on one-on-one coverage or they or they don't get as many looks. So I would agree totally. I think Travis Kelsey makes that engine run, like I was saying a couple of weeks ago, just, just as much as Patrick Mahomes does as well. If Patrick Mahomes is a Ferrari, you know, um, Travis Kelsey is that super, you know, premium gas that none of us, you know, even touch, you know, going at, to the gas station. Oh, yeah. And you put in, that, put in that Ferrari to make it going, uh, make it get going, man. So I, I would agree totally. Now for the Bucks, is it Mike Evans? Is it Chris Godwin? Or is it Antonio Brown going to a Super Bowl Ooh. with the Bucks and playing with Tom Brady? Out of those three guys, not who needs to have a, a big game because I think they all can get theirs and still win. Mm-hmm. Who do you think has the best game out of those three guys? Ooh. Out of those three guys specifically, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Chris Godwin. I think that this is a game for him where a lot of pressure is gonna be on, you know, Brady and Mike Evans. I think that Chris Godwin is gonna be that guy where. He's just going to have his opportunities because Mike Evans just draws so much attention. He's a big, reliable target. And I think that in big games like this, you need to find your big, reliable targets, like I said with Travis Kelsey. But I think that this, on the flip side of it, will open up opportunities for Chris Godwin uh, to have a really good game. And and I'd like, by the same concept, I think Antonio Brown has a good game as well. I just don't, I think that Chris Godwin has a better game just from sheer volume. I think that they're going to rely on him a little bit more than Antonio Brown, maybe sneak Antonio Brown. I, I think Antonio Brown might score. I think that uh, that would be a, a good bet to place just because sometimes you tend to forget about him. You forget they even have him because there, he's so many other weapons that you forget that he's one of, was at one point one of the best receivers in the league. 
and and he's not far off from when he was that uh, that caliber of a player. So I think that I think that Chris Godwin uh, is that guy for me to answer your question. No, I agree, man. I think Godwin is a huge key because he's had a lot of drops in previous games so far over mm-hmm. the season and, and into the playoffs. If he can make those catches in critical times, which Brady goes to him, you know, on, on certain plays that seem to be like pretty significant. For some reason, Brady has this connection with this guy or sees him open during these times, third downs, third and longs, or second and, you know, second and short, whatever it may be to keep these drives going. He has some type of some type of connection with Godwin where he's like, oh, I got to go to this guy. Oh, this guy's open. I know he's going to be open during this time. So Godwin needs to make those catches. I think Godwin needs to have a big game, a, a good game. Sorry, not a big game, a good game where he can maintain um, consistency throughout the game, catching the ball, getting some yards after the catch to help out Evans, to free Evans up and to free Antonio Brown up. Because those are really the vertical guys down the field. If Godwin can get that open space like Kelsey could, if he could be a Kelsey-type player for the Bucks in getting into open spaces, mm-hmm. in being that guy where he can get a catch and even drop down. You know, Kelsey's so good at that. Gets a catch in the middle for like, 10, 12 yards and just drops down, keeps the chains moving. If if Godwin could do that, Godwin could be a huge part of this game and a huge part of the Bucks winning. So mm-hmm. I would also go with Godwin, but I like the sneaky um, Antonio Brown for possibly a touchdown mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl, man. That would be absolutely awesome. Now you text us um, your oh, yeah. bets. So I want you to go over them with the fans for a second, but I want to ask you these that I've seen on Good Morning Football or – that was a good morning football. One of the shows I watched in the morning, they were talking about some of these bets possibly. Do you think Brady 2.5 passing touchdowns? Would you go over or under Brady 2.5 passing touchdowns? Um, I would go under only because I think that maybe he gets two. I also think there's going to be some rushing touchdowns for, for the bucks. I think that they once they get around, you know, five to 10 yard line, I think that their two running backs are so strong and so powerful that they just punch it in. They don't even give him a chance to throw, get to third down. Um, but I do, I do think he has a couple. Uh, I'd say he gets two. I say so. I'd go under two and a half. Under two and a half. I like that. Um, I do agree though too, man. This run game of the Bucks is another part of that. Like the defense, they have that defense as the X factor. Mm-hmm. Fournette and and Ronald Jones, man. If they get going, they could do really well against beat up this Chiefs defense. So that then the Bucks can get what they need to get with their receivers. Wow. Um, okay, under. Two and a half sacks by the Bucks D. Over or under? Ooh, I'm going to go over. Okay. I think three three sacks is a good number. Uh, only because that front is so crazy, and I think that mm. they're going to be passing a lot this game. So just, mm-hmm. just playing the numbers statistically, if they're dropping back enough, I think that it'll happen. But – I don't know. Patrick Mahomes is good at avoiding the sack. He's good at creating. He's good at getting the ball ball away. So that might be a t- that might be a tough one to go over. But I, I think I'll I'll say three, three for the Buccaneers or three in, in the game. Three um, for the Buccaneers. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. I, I like it. I like it too. I think I think if they want to win, like I'm saying, the yeah. Bucks is the X factor in this game. They need to put Patrick Mahomes down three times. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It needs to be it needs to be a significant number to slow him down and to beat him up a little bit. He's been dealing with some injuries, you know, here lately. I think he got to put him on the ground so that he knows that you're there and the pressure is on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Last one, Tyreek Hill, 99.5 yards, over or under? Uh, I'm going to go under on that just because I think that Travis Kelsey has over 100. And they can both go over 100. They've done it before. But um, I'm, I think that people are going to – well, I think that the defense is going to not want to give up the big play in the big game. And I think that Tyreek Hill is going to draw a lot of attention for that reason. You don't want to give up the, the deep pass to a guy like Tyreek Hill and on such a big stage like this. Whereas some of, I don't know if it's a psychological thing, but like Travis Kelsey's 10, 12 yard underneath, like you said, catch and fall doesn't feel as bad as getting beaten down the field one shot, boom, by Tyree Kill. So I I think that, I think that uh, 99 and a half, I'd say he gets in the 80s, 90s, but I don't know if he hits 100 today. It it seems like it's hard for guys, receivers to have over you know, 100 or like 115, 120 receiving yards at a Super Bowl because it's the, the possessions are so meticulous. Oh, yeah. And they're, every possession counts. Every possession is so important. So Tyreek Hill's game is deep. Tyreek Hill's game is taking shots. In a Super Bowl, you got to ease the taking shots, I feel like, sometimes mm-hmm. in, in, until the right time when you can open it up. So mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I think he's going to be under nine, uh, 99 and a half. Last game, though, against against – the box, he had 13 catches, 269 yards, Ooh. and three touchdowns. 211 of those yards were in the vicinity of Carlton Davis, the corner mm-hmm. for the Bucks. So, Carlton Davis, I know he's done some some switching things up and some looking at film. I don't know if that happens again. I think he makes the correction. Like you said, they got Winfield back, and they got the other safety back as well. Excuse Jordan me, I forget his name. Yep, Hell they get him back. They get him back as well. Let's go. He went to Pitt? Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Look at this, too. Look what there I got. There we go. The Come on. Now, got to know, know Big 33 back there. Come on. So, that's that's really big, too. This is a great game for safeties, man. With those yeah. two at the Bucks, and then Sorensen and Tyron Matthew for the Chiefs, Woo. this is a this is a safety deluxe, oh, yeah. I like to call this right here. <laughs> I mean, th- th- there's so many storylines of why this game is great. Yeah. So many storylines. But take us through your bets and what you did, and 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 give us a little um, a little insight why. All right, so here we go for for all you crazy Super Bowl betters. This is what I got for you know my my long list of bets I took for the Super Bowl. So to start off the game, I got the over in the national anthem. Uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of sports. Books I didn't. Took... I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know you could bet on this. this oh is yeah. great. Oh yeah. This I is do one it every of the best year. I've ever heard. I do it every year. But the crazy thing about this year. Which actually got me really upset is that um, so this year it was a du- it's going to be a duet. It's going to be uh, R&B singer. Her name is Jasmine Sullivan, I believe, something like okay. that. And then Eric Church, the country singer. Okay. I believe they're singing in a, a duet in a, in a tandem, or they're going back to back. I don't know what they're doing, but to me, I'm like they're gonna push each other. That's gonna go over two minutes. <laughs> Then, apparently, they were practicing, and someone there a viral video went a viral video went around of someone recording their practice, and it hit like two minutes and fifteen seconds, and the video went viral, and all the sports books took the bet off their off their site. Oh. This guy ruined it for everybody. Come on, man! Come on! All for a little Come bit. On. All for a few retweets. Ruined it for everybody, but. That's what I got. I I placed the bet before all that all that stuff happened. 
Um, oh, so you're good. You're I, in on that. I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll void it because they took it off or if they're not allowing any more bets on it. I don't know what they're going to do. Okay. These these it's all up to them on these weird bets. So Okay. Then oh, I love that. I got I'm not a believer in tails never fails. I got heads on the coin toss. Let's go. I, I agree. Heads. I'm a heads guy. Yeah. See, I got heads on the coin toss. Mm. I got the first quarter to end in a tie. At, at plus plus 250 odds. But plus 250 I believe I got that at. First quarter to end in a tie. I got the first field goal to be missed will miss left. You got two righty kickers. It's easy to shank that thing left. Pull it left. Oh, I love it. I um, love it. Let's see. What else I got here? I got Mike Evans to score the first touchdown. That's a that's okay. a basic one. I got Mahomes anytime touchdown scorer. Okay. I got um, Brady over passing. Fournette over rushing. Okay. Kelsey over receiving. We'll okay. get we'll get the boring ones out the way. Mm-hmm. I got there to be a lead change. In the fourth quarter. So one team to be winning and for the lead to change in the fourth quarter. Wow. So going into, so sometime in the fourth quarter there needs to be a lead change. I got that at uh plus plus ooh, it's either plus one fifty or plus two hundred. I don't I don't remember. I had okay. I had the odds on, on a different sheet. But um I got Travis Kelsey MVP. Mm-hmm. I got whoever wins MVP to first mention the Lord and Savior in their speech before teammates, before family, before any other coaches, before the team owner. I got them to mention Jesus Christ. Wait a second. So so whoever wins the MVP, right? they have to first say, I want to thank God oh, yes. for the with whatever before, this opportunity, whatever, before saying before any other saying name, any other name, or before saying a family member, before saying a teammate, before saying the owner, before saying the fans, before saying the city, they have to say. They got to. Th- so, so my my thing is right. They win before they get started their speech. They say, first of all, I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior. Boom! Let's go. Boom! There's the there's the cash right there. First of all, let me tell you something, okay? Being a man of God. First of all, that's the first thing you should do. So <laughs> that's a win. That's a win. The second thing is, boom! You win money. Come on, man. That, you can't go. Cannot go wrong, wrong with that. <laughs> cannot go wrong with that. Okay. This is. I cannot believe these events. These are great. These are great. And um, I got the Gatorade shower mm-hmm. sleeper pick. I got it to be water clear. It's gonna be clear. <laughs> Clear liquid, either either mystery Gatorade or, okay. or water. Okay. That's a sleeper. Now, I got that at plus now, 650. Wow. Now, let me say this, though. I did see in one of these games, I don't know what I was watching. Mm-hmm. It was a championship game. It had to be a, a playoff football game this year. I seen them throw, like, confetti. Whoa. I seen, I seen them throw confetti on one of the coaches. Now, I don't know if that's a thing because – you know, because of COVID or whatever it may right. be, I have no idea. But wow, these so, bets are are amazing. There's some science behind it. So okay. So apparently, two things. One, Brady doesn't like Gatorade. So <laughs> which is crazy. So if the Bucks win, I, no way that sideline has Gatorade in that thing. Two. <laughs> Two, they're not allowed to share drinks on the sidelines either. So right. the Gatorade is just a prop. So yes. in my mind, why fill it up 
with Gatorade powder if no one's going to drink it. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's due. I think it's due, and I've seen it. it had. It's not crazy. It's happened. I think three out of the last ten Super Bowls have been water. Let me just tell you something. With your bets, and I have them in front of me, mm-hmm. so I I can't wait. I I am gonna be focused on every oh, yeah. single thing that happens because there's so many things that could happen in this game based on these bets. I cannot wait to do it. And I was telling your sister, I said, I'm definitely going to be, we'll, we'll set up a zoom later on too. So you can watch the game a little bit together, oh, yeah. you know, o- over um, the internet, uh, you know, virtually. And um, th- these, these are going to be fun, man. These are going to be oh, really, yeah. really fun. I cannot wait for this. Oh yeah. I'm hyped. Let's oh, do it. Oh my gosh. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Let's just talk. That, so that's our Super Bowl picks. I got the Bucks. Ryan's got the Chiefs. We gave all of the information. We got some bets. We gave you why we think these teams are going to win. We gave you, you know, different situations of what could happen. So enjoy the game um, and respect the chat. We'll have, obviously, another episode next week where we'll talk about more mm-hmm. of the game and what happened and maybe, you know, where we think things should have gone or why happened, but we'll get to that next week. Um, as for the rest of this episode, Deshaun Watson, man, a huge part of the NFL, um, a, a huge player to the NFL, um, a rising star, in my opinion, top five quarterback in the NFL. Um, whatever you may think of where he lands, that's okay. But he is a significant player in the NFL. Um, and he's requested a trade away from the, uh, you know, from the Houston Texans somewhere else. He's given them a list of some teams he'd like to go to. Um, he really gets to decide that I, I believe in his no trade clause. So he has a lot of that power in his hands, but this week coming out now, after I hear maybe, you know, I wanted to ask you about possibly landing spots, new landing spots I heard, but now I'm hearing because the Raiders came up as one and I was like, Ooh, that's a nice one. Whoa. I like that one. But, um, what now the Texans are saying we we are not sending any calls out and we're not fielding any calls for Deshaun Watson and I and I say to myself well can he sit then well wow. I, I think he will I think his representation has said he will sit the year then so what do you think do you think that they loosen up the Texans after a while um or does Deshaun Watson possibly sit um well, here's here's the thing. I think that if they're gonna stick to that, where oh we're not taking calls for Deshaun Watson, even though he's ex- expressly he's expressed very very clearly that he does not want to be in Houston anymore. Um, I think that if the if they stick to that, that he's going he's gonna have no choice but to sit. I think that he he's done everything that he can, and he's voiced you know it's time for him to move on in his career, and for him. To, to play another season with and risk injury for a team that clearly doesn't respect his wishes anyway would, would be crazy. He's going to waste another season anyway. I, I I have no inclination that the Houston Texans are going to be good next year, next season. There, there's nothing showing me that they're going to be any better than they were this season. Uh, so, I one, I think that if, if they stick to that, that he has no other choice. Two... That being said, I, I think they'd loosen up. I think that it, it's not worth, you know, ha- all the controversy around the team. I think you move on, you part ways, you get picks, you get whatever for him, and you play and you play football like like a normal season. You don't bring all that unnecessary, you know, bad 
media coverage to the rest of the team where you could just rebuild, start from scratch, you know, make your amends, however you make amends and, and let the man go play football somewhere else. Uh, so that, that's what I think. I think they'll loosen up, but if they don't, I, I see no other way that he, he can play this season. I see no way him, him playing for the Houston Texans. I agree with you. I don't think there's a shot he takes the field for the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything that could change that at this point. Um, and I think that they do loosen up and they trade him somewhere where I think he's comfortable and where they get compensated for him. Um, and then we can move on by this. I just think right now they feel like they're going to try to be the the bully in this situation. I don't know if that's even the, the, the hmm. right word to use yeah. or whatever it is. You know, first person to budge, you know, you get into an argument with your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever it may be, best friend, coworker, whatever. And the one person's like, I'm not budging. I'm not budging. Right. You're not getting over on me. And then one person budges. And I think in this situation, you know, Wentz, uh, Wentz, Watson has gave his stance, has given his request, has done everything possible he could do for this team, and now it's time for the Texans to release him and right. allow him to go play somewhere else. Um, and and I hope they get players back. I do. I think they could figure this out somehow, some way, mm-hmm. but it needs to be done because this guy deserves to have the opportunity to play in another city for another organization and really, really have the opportunity to be in the playoffs, make a playoff run, try to win an MVP, um, and, and, and move forward, you know, mm-hmm. with, with his situation as well. So, um, Brett Favre came out with a comment this week. He said, I'm kind of old school. I think you play, you get paid a ton of money to do a certain job and you just do it and let the chips fall where they may. Um, I think we make too much money to voice an opinion, but I'm not saying he's wrong. Again, I think it's a different day and time and it will be interesting to see how the organization handles it. He said this in regards to Watson. So, um, I like that he at least said, I'm not saying what he's saying is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not, I guess, in a way saying Watson's wrong. But I do think he is wrong in the sense of saying, you know, I think we we make too much money to voice an opinion. I, I don't agree with that, yeah. um, Brett Favre. I think Watson should be able to, as well as any player, should be able to give their opinion on their career. Right. Yes, they signed a contract. Yes, they get paid a lot of money. But that doesn't mean that you just have to shut up and do whatever your employer says to do. Right. You could stick up for yourself. You could voice your opinion. You he he's being I don't even know if devalued is the wrong is really the wrong word, but mm-hmm. he's he's not being respected, I think, in the sense of like he's being he's being asked to do all this work and get this team to a certain point, wins wise or playoff run wise. But he isn't being helped, you know? That would be like any one of us going to work all the time and expected to do a ton of work but only do it ourselves and and have either no team to help back us up or have a team that doesn't fit the same energy and the same effort that we're giving. So what do you think about Favre's comment real quick? Uh, First of all, that's a silly comment, Brett Favre. I don't Mm -hmm. know why why he felt the need to, to, you know, say what he had to say but on top of on top of what he said it, yeah he's getting he's getting paid a ton of money yeah they're all getting paid a ton of money you know how much money they're making the organization how much money they're making the nfl by by mm-hmm. playing these are the top level guys we're not talking about some random scrubs we're talking about right. deshaun watson a premier quarterback some someone argue a top five quarterback in the league right now mm-hmm. um and the amount of money and and 
just spotlight that he brings to a team, he, he needs to be compensated for it. And when he wastes a good portion of his career at a, at a team where I, I don't think it was fully a waste, but the fact that they they didn't they didn't respect his wishes, like you said, they didn't respect his opinion. He he didn't have a voice um, from what we've heard in terms of decision making, grabbing new players, new coaches. Um, it, it's it's just a silly comment for Brett Favre to say. I don't I don't think that. I think he was way out of line in saying something like that. Uh, I, I I agree with what you're saying that at least he added in. You know, I'm not saying he's wrong, but if you're not saying he's wrong, then shut up. Right. <laughs> what are you, what are you saying? If you agree with him, say you agree with him. Mm. But that's not what he's saying. He's not he's not agreeing with him. He right. he's taking a, a a platform where he would be on the on the other side of things, right? If if he was a quarterback that needed he needed out, right? Whatever happened with, with his retirement and coming back twenty times, right? Mm-hmm. He got this. He got he's got a say in his career. Mm-hmm. What what's wrong with Deshaun Watson doing the same thing, right? He he wants to play in the place where he wants to play, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But when you give so many years to an organization and they, and they repetitively don't try and give you the same energy back, like you were saying, it's time to move on. So I think that's without a, a comment. Without a doubt. Um, staying on football for a second. One more question before we jump over to basketball. Um, Dak Prescott. Um, coming up to a year that I think is very, interesting um for him for the cowboys um i think possibly for the league Mm -hmm. of how they treat this guy i think says a lot about well i'm a cowboys fan obviously everyone knows that but like you know says a lot even for the league of like how you respect these players and what they give you from an organizational standpoint same with the sean watson you need they make so much money off these guys to respect them knowing what they give you when it's time to either pay them Mm -hmm. or if they've given you enough in Watson's case where it's like, I given you enough and now it's time to move on Um, for the organization to respect the, these guys Mm -hmm. um, says a lot. And obviously Houston's not doing the right thing. Do the Cowboys organization do the right thing? And do they give Dak really what he wants year wise and salary wise? Do you think this works out okay for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott? Oh, that's a tough situation. I think that, mm-hmm. I think that it should. I think mm-hmm. that that the funny thing is about about his injury and and this season for the Cowboys is you don't you didn't see the impact of Dak Prescott until he stopped playing, mm-hmm. until you lost him. It, it's one of those classic scenarios where you don't you don't really know what you got until it's gone, right? And you had people saying, "Oh, well, you could throw anyone in that in that offense and." You know, anyone in that system, Dak Prescott isn't doing anything special. They just hand the ball off, blah, 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 blah. Well, we saw what happened when Dak Prescott left and, you know, couldn't play. The Cowboys looked a mess. Zeke had a terrible season, granted, but I think that has a lot to do with Dak not being there, his terrible season. I think that it's really funny that we we sit and talk about, you know, what does – we said this last year, the season before, what does Des- Dak Prescott have to do to prove that he's worth that money? And I think that the the best thing for him to do this season, you know, was maybe a blessing in disguise that he got hurt because you, you really saw what it was like without Dak Prescott. And 
I think that, you know, the injury is going to be a big thing. You're going to have to reevaluate him, make sure he's healthy. But I really hope the Cowboys do the right thing after seeing what what their team looked like without him. And maybe I, I see them, if they want to go a different route, maybe shopping him around, trying to find, you know, a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Because uh, that's another argument you can make. Well, they had, you know, a washed up veteran in there. But I, I still think that that organization and, you know, the system they have really works for Dak Prescott. And I think that they need to start respecting what he brings to the team. I agree 100%. He's due to make $37 um, million in 2022 um, if they, I believe, franchise tag him. So mm-hmm. um, that would be. Uh, a big number for a guy, in my opinion, that deserves every ounce of the money. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a, I could be off on that number two. I hope I'm not, but it, the point of it is, is that this guy deserves to be paid. This guy deserves to be respected. This guy is the quarterback, in my opinion, of the Dallas Cowboys. He's given everything to this team. He's been, he's been in every single game up to this year. It took a broke, dislocated, mangled leg for him to finally not be able to play. He is everything to that team. Um, everything, you know, heart, soul, everything. And I would love to see him back. If he's not back, it's going to be a huge hit for me. I don't know about other Cowboy fans. I can't speak for them. But to me, he, I would definitely be going into a year without Dak Prescott as the quarterback and he goes somewhere else, I'd be rooting for him somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'd still be a Cowboy fan, obviously, but I'd be rooting for him, you know, for the rest of his career if he wasn't with us. I want him so bad. I think it works out. I think the Cowboys know he's the man there. They got to get this done. Don't let it linger all off season long where both us and ESPN and everyone else is right. talking about that. Right. Let's celebrate these players. Let's celebrate what they give us and give the fans and more importantly, give the organization all their time and effort, compensate them when they're doing things, you know, in, in the stature that, that Prescott is putting the team on his back year after year and, um, and let Watson go too, man. Watson needs to be on a different team. Dak needs to stay on the team that he's with. So I'm rooting for both of those guys, man. Oh, yeah. uh, to jump over to basketball real quick, I got a couple comments here and there about some teams and then some individual players as well. Okay. I um, KD has this comment uh, this week or so. He says that James Harden's all-around defense is underrated. Hmm. Now, I don't know if there could be and I love KD. I don't know if there could be a worse comment I've ever heard about <laughs> about a player where it's like underrated defense, James Harden. I don't think those go together. What do you think? Uh, I think that we saw in Houston, right, towards the playoffs and towards maybe that tail end when he when he started caring a little bit. And wanted to show some things. I believe that James Harden can play defense. I think that he's a strong player. He's a smart player, and that he can play defense when he needs to. If that's what he, if that's what KD means by is an underrated defender all around, then then sure, I I agree with the statement. But I think that James Harden needs to, you know, it, it, you can't be underrated because you decide not to play defense. That right. that, that doesn't make you underrated. That means. You play defense, you just don't want to. That's not, you're not underrated. If 
if you were an underrated defender, you'd be a good defender that people didn't talk about. That's what I think is an underrated defender. Someone who goes out and plays defense and just doesn't get the recognition for it. I think that on uh, that comment, you know, if that's what he meant, what I was saying before, that he knows that James Harden could be a good defender if he wanted to be, then I agree with that statement because I think that that's true. I think that when the time comes and he needs to be a good defender, he is an absolutely a good defender. He's strong. He's smart. He's quicker than people think. He has good hands. But he just, you know, there's times he doesn't want to or there's times where he feels he doesn't need to all the time. And that's fine. It, you know, if if you're contributing to your team in so many ways that maybe you take a possession or two off here and you're a guy like James Harden, sure, right? But in terms of the comment, I just think it could have been worded a little bit better. If if th- I don't think he's an underrated defender. I think that he could be a good defender if he wanted to be and – that's I think that's that. <laughs> well, maybe maybe just a lazy defender at this point who, like you said, is not putting defense as a priority as part of his package of his game. We're talking about packages again. My bad, y'all. We <laughs> did this last week. Um, but you know, like a guy who's that good at offense, of a scorer and a felicitator, which I believe he's so good as a guy who could set other people up. And obviously his scoring is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just not prioritizing defense as something that he also should be doing. Because I agree with you. I think if you're in the NBA, you have gotten there obviously by your skill set. And sometimes your skill set is a lot you know, better at some areas. Mm-hmm. And in some other areas, it's a little weaker. But I do think James Harden could be a capable defender. Um, mm-hmm. Do I think he's a defensive an all-defensive all, all team player? No, I don't think so. No. Um, no. He's not close to a defensive player of the year type guy like that. But I just don't think it's a comment really that you need to make sticking up for your teammate You know, when you're talking about James Harden. I don't think you need to mention that he's an underrated defender. If someone approaches you with that, like, what do you think about James Harden's defense? Do you think he could be better at it? Do you think he could put more effort in as KD? You just, you just deflect it. You just don't say that he's underrated, in, in my opinion. As somebody who's played basketball for a big portion of your life, what do you think it is that once you get to the NBA level, you don't need to be a defensive player of the year, but what do you think James Harden needs to do for this team on the defensive end to be a team where they could really shut other teams down who are going to start playing you know, better teams as the year goes on, obviously, and into the playoffs. What does he need to do as a defender from a basketball standpoint? I think that just the way James Harden plays, I think that one thing alone could help could help the team, and I think that that's getting steals. I think that James Harden, we've seen, like I've mentioned before, is a strong player, a smart player. He has good hands, and people are expecting him to be lazy. So I think that if he gets himself in good positions, like I I think that KD knows he can, and uh, he can get these steals that require, you know, just a, poking the ball out from a big man or, or getting your hand in a passing lane or something like that. I think that he could do those things. And I think that a, like the steal category will reflect him try a little bit more effort on his end. I think that just that category, if you start seeing, you know, him getting – two steals a game, you know, something like that, two, three steals a game. That That's a really good number, and I think that that's something he's capable of doing. Uh, so I, I would say that 
Uh, if I could just pinpoint one thing, I I'd like to see him getting more steals because I know that I know that I've seen him I've seen him do it and I know that he could do it. Oh yeah, there's guys in the NBA who you know all time Gary Payton guys like that Jason Kidd who are really good at stealing the ball at that point guard position. You know you got guys like T.J. McCollum who's mm-hmm. doing really well you know with that and and changing outcomes of games over the duration of the game in Indiana, he's doing that as well. You know, there's, there's guys in the league like that, right. you know, um, where I think if James Harden could add that to his game, I think that'd be huge. Um, right. And on a smaller level, um, in 2014, 2015, your boy led the Lackawanna league in steals. So no. I know a thing or two about steals. <laughs> oh. okay, see, this is why I, Come I, on, I now. I bring this, you know, to you, and I, I was really interested in what you were going to say about what Harden could do, because I, I knew there was something. I couldn't quite figure out what it was, but I knew that you'd put your finger on it and figure it out. And if there's anyone better to get it from, you know, the leading, what is it, 2014? 2000, 2014, 2015, Lackawanna League. In steals. Led, led the Lackawanna League in steals, yes. You remember not, how many? Not quite, not quite all NBA, but uh, yeah, average two and a half. Per game? Yeah. Yep, I, there was a game where I had, I had twenty points, eight rebounds, eight steals. Let's go yeah, against North Pocono. So North Pocono, it might have been twenty-two points, but yeah, you, against you, North Pocono. You were not happy that day that my man was on the court, y'all. Nah, nah, oh, that's, but, a, that's a huge stat line right there. Bro. Oh yeah, that was one of my best games. One of my best games, but not. It's not quite all NBA. It's okay. But you know, I I, I could tell James Harden to get a couple steals here or there. Most definitely. <laughs> so let, let, let's keep it there. This is interesting then. So what? So as a a, um, a basketball player, mm-hmm. the, your ability to steal the ball, th- that's an ability that most people don't have. It, it, it takes what? What does it take to say and commit to, you know, saying I'm going to get more steals mm-hmm. as, as part of an aspect of my game? So, so in my per, in my personal game, I wasn't always the best on ball defender. I wasn't the best lockup. Uh, I'm going to put a guy in front of me, you know, he's not going to score on me. Uh, Where I got most of my steals was I was good at reading skip passes. Uh, I have, you know, long arms for my, for my size where people would throw lazy passes across the, you know, across the perimeter and I would get a tip on them and just run after them. Uh, To me, it's one thing my coach always taught me, shout out, shout out coach Holzer is you is always have, you know, when you're in a stance, when you're in defensive stance, you're guarding the ball, you're off the ball. You always got to have a hand in the passing lane. Uh, it, it discourages passes one, but two, if they make that pass and it's a lazy pass, it's an easy steal. So when, for those of you who, who aren't familiar with basketball, when, when you're playing the ball, right, you want to be facing your chest towards your defender. The only time you open it up is if the ball is about two passes away. You know, if, if they can't make an immediate chest pass to your guy, you'll open up and you'll see the ball. But if your guy is, you know, one pass away or in, in down low in the post, you want your chest facing and you want your outside hand to be to be in the passing lane. You don't want to open up for the steal. So that's the way that, you know, I was taught how to get more steals and, and get more, be more active on the defensive end is because – your guy is sliding up and down, you know, cutting. It's it's easier to just slide left and right instead of opening up, opening back. So you keep that left hand, and that's how you get most of the steals. So, so these guys at, at this level, you know, they, they know these things, right? This this is, you know, stuff I teach at basketball camp in the summer. So 
I, I don't think that it's the lack of knowledge. I think it's the lack of, you know, caring about it. You know, those guys in the NBA who are that good and get that many steals and, you know, guys like Drew Holiday, um, for example, uh, they're just they're smarter players. They, they have high IQs on the defensive end. So they take these fundamentals that, you know, I, I just schooled y'all with and they apply them to that level of competition. So that for me is something that James Harden can add to his to his game that I know he already has. I agree. And I think also when it comes to steals, it's also from 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 what you just gave us these gems, you know, hmm. of, and breakdowns of what it takes to be um, somebody who's who, you know, who's capable of increasing their steals or, you know, being being more aware. I think it is that just in that you need to have effort and be aware. And that takes a lot during a game on both sides of the ball. Because if you're telling me you need to play passing lanes, you need to be, you know, engaged in the game no matter where the ball really is and have an awareness. That's a lot of mental fatigue as well as as well as, well as physical oh, fatigue. Yeah. And I don't know if James Harden is ready to exude that energy on the defensive end, you know, as much as he is on the offense. So I agree with you. I think he's very capable of it. And I think he's on a team where – he can kind of hang back and play those passing lanes, like you right. said, because, you know, he they, they have such, you know, big-time scorers that they, they're not ever down and out of a game, that he could kind of sit back a little bit like a free safety and kind of make those, you know, pick those balls off, right. you know, coming through, you know, in, in, in those passing lanes or so. So, man, that that I'll take that all day. And shout-out to Colts Holzer oh, as yeah. well for, for teaching the kids, you know, and, <laughs> you know. I love it. Oh, yeah. Do do the Nets have, you know, I know we talk about the Nets a lot, but in in this on this podcast, but do the Nets have enough to win a chip? Do they need a big man? I think they need a big man, but what do you think? Um, I think a big man would would help for sure. I think that just somewhat just a physical presence down there that DeAndre Jordan just doesn't give anymore. Uh a rim protector, someone someone that makes people, you know, think twice about going in for easy layups no easy layups um but if they don't get one i don't think it's the end of the world i think that you know they have all the pieces they need i i think to say they need more pieces to their team it, it is kind of silly but um i think once the playoff hits in, in a in a certain series you know seven games i think that the scoring, the way the NBA is now, I think that scoring is always offense is going to always outweigh defense in this in today's NBA. You know, the traditional saying is defense wins championships, and I I, I agree with that to a certain extent. But I think in today's NBA, if you just put up a ton of points, it doesn't matter how how good of a defense you know the other team is playing. Uh, you, the way these guys can score now, it's impossible. It's impossible to defend. It's great defense, better offense. So I think that, you know, it would help. It would be the missing piece. That's if there's anything they can upgrade, it's that. But I, I still think they have enough to, to be contenders. I like it. Um, the Mavericks are another team that I watch over and over. Um, a lot of their games are televised, but I follow them a lot because I got Porzingis on my fantasy team. But the mm -hmm. Mavericks, I, you know, I keep seeing them year after year. Rick Carlisle is the coach. You know, Luka Dantich has been there for a couple of years now. They got KP. 
Um, Hardaway's been there for a couple of years. They just can't, though, get over the hump of a good playoff run and make a push to the Western Conference Finals. What, what's wrong with the Mavericks? Is there anything wrong? What could they change? To me, the Mavericks are starting to turn into what the Houston Rockets were with James Harden, uh, where you, you have this team that you you have a really, really good MVP caliber player as the star you you bring in a guy like Porzingis um you you have players around him shooters ball handlers and it just it feels like they can't figure it out it feels like you're looking at Luka's numbers and you're like how is how is this team losing right like what we used to do with James Harden on the Rockets not too long ago how how is this team not winning more games and I, I don't I don't have the answer to that. I, w- I wish I did. They might hire me if I had the answer. But I, I think that you need to maybe go the route of taking all the taking a couple of those guys that give you the depth that you have because I think they're a deep deeper team, one of the deeper teams in in, uh, in the league. But I, I don't necessarily think that's a good thing for them. I think that they just have so many guys that can fill in so many roles. They need to cut some of that down and maybe get one more you know, one more of that guy. I don't think, I think Porzingis has been playing well, but I don't think that he's a second superstar. I think that he's a great role player now at this point of his career. I don't, he, and he's putting up great numbers, but I just don't think he's a reliable second superstar. Uh, Injuries can be one of the things you mentioned, but just his consistent play when you need him to play at at the top level. I think Luka does that on a nightly basis. Porzingis has been playing good as, as of late, but I think you need another maybe wing, another perimeter player. Um, I I don't have any names off the top of my head, but I think that you got to – it's become that time in the NBA where if you want to win a championship, you got to package those role players up, keep a few of them for some depth, and uh, get get another – I wouldn't say superstar, but get another guy, another go-to guy. Yeah, I agree. I think they have a lot of guys who are similar in what they could do. Yeah. They have many of the same guy, mm-hmm. and that's not giving them what they need to be as consistent to rattle off a bunch of wins and to make a playoff run because those role players are just that. They're role players, and as many of those guys as they have, there's not one of those guys who could be a second you know, guy to Luka Dantich. It's like you said, as much as Porzingis is supposed to be that guy, mm-hmm. he's just not in his game you know he's not a dominant you know fill the fill the you know the the offensive side up like crazy where it's like how do we stop this guy and contain Luca as well I think you can put a stop to what KP does or you could deal with what he does Mm -hmm. you know and focus more on Dantich it needs to be where if teams do that put all their focus on Dantich that the other guy then is that is there is able to then make a run and take over so that right it frees up Luca some. And I just don't think KP is that guy either. I think they need to make some type of move um, between now and next week. I'll try to look at, you know, maybe some guys. And like you said, I, I don't know if it needs to be a superstar either in May, maybe making a trade for Bradley Beal. We've been talking about Ooh. him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think there's other guys in the league where they could fill in that spot in on the Mavericks team, you know, get rid of some of those, you know, type of types of players like Finney Smith and um, 
I, I'd like to keep Hardaway, but maybe even putting Hardaway in there. You know, guys like Jalen Brunson. There's a lot of the similar guy mm-hmm. type game where they're going to give you eight to ten points. You know, ten to fifteen points. The second guy needs that more than that. Dante yeah. needs more help than that. He needs another twenty point scorer on his team. You know, like a Middleton type guy that mm-hmm. that that Giannis has. Luca needs a guy like that, and then to add KP on the top of a, you know, a second guy that they already have, then they could, then they can make a run. I, I, I really do believe. Right. And, oh. and um, just to, just to reference back, you know, just knowing, knowing, uh, uh, having played basketball, there's some guys where, and I think that you made a really good point that KP is one of those guys where if, if you're playing them, if you're on the other team, right. It, it, we would always get like a scouting a scouting report, a little scouting report of who we were playing. KP's one of those guys where you're like, he he's gonna get his, but he's not gonna kill you, right? Right. So he'll he'll have his little game, whatever, a couple boards, maybe 19 points, 10 boards, right? But that's not gonna lose you the game. It's not mm-hmm. gonna kill you if we focus all of our attention on Luca, who's having 35, 10, and 10 every game. Uh. If we focus a little bit more attention on him, we let KP have his little 19, 20 point game, but he he doesn't kill you. He doesn't lose. You. He doesn't win the Mavericks the game through that. So I think that to just to wrap up what we were saying, um, they they need that guy where now you got a game plan for for both of them on top mm-hmm. of KP. So um, which we which we really said about the Warriors as, as well a couple of weeks ago they're at the point now where you only really got to worry about Curry and there's no other, nobody else to really take that pressure off of them and teams are you know beating the Warriors way more often because there's not a second guy there mm-hmm. uh, Paul George had some comments made about him from Jared Dudley um, Jared Dudley I can't believe he's still is saying things in the league but Jared Dudley says we hear some of those guys talking about how they're the team to beat in LA it's fine if Kawhi says things like that. He's a defending champ. We don't trip if someone like Patrick Beverly is talking trash. That's how he feeds his family. We get it. We respect the hustle. But we think it's disrespectful for Paul George, who hasn't won, to put himself on the same level as LeBron James and Anthony Davis. This motivates us when we see those guys around the compound. We don't really kick it with them. The one expectation, of course, the one exception, of course, is um, Markeith Morris, whose twin brother Marcus is on the Clippers. Um, I don't know what Paul George said. I can't find the comment mm-hmm. of, of of exactly what now, he said. Was this from the bubble? This was just. Pre- I don't. This was pretty recently. I heard this come out that that Dudley made this comment. I don't think it's from the bubble. I think it's after. Oh, okay. So the I, compound, they mean just like the Staples Center, like the training yes. facilities. Okay. Yes, because they're both there, the Clippers and the Lakers. Right. Um, I, you know what, Jared Dudley, I, I hear this comment and I understand that. I just think, I think, you know, he's on the, he's on the, the train of hating on Paul George, you know, mm-hmm. and Paul George had a couple of rough playoff games here. And now it's like, well, you know, Paul George isn't a top player in the NBA. I still think Paul George is a top player in the NBA. Um, I wish I could find his comments of what he said, Paul George. But um, I think Paul George could say that, you know, we we are the team to beat because I think when he said the team to beat in L.A., you know, I, I think he can say that because the Clippers are really a really good team. The Lakers won the championship, so it's hard to say that. Um, but – 
if you're letting Patrick Beverly get away with talking trash, and you're letting Kawhi Leonard, if you're okay with Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard saying it, but you're just like singling out Paul George, you know, I, I, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think that, uh, like you said, I don't know the exact comment he said about being the team to beat, but I think that, like, what else are you going to say? If a reporter, if a reporter asks, you know, oh, who's the team to beat in L.A.? I'm gonna. Are you gonna say uh, the Lakers? No, you're not. A, you're gonna say you know we got a really good squad. I think that uh, you know we're gonna be a tough team to beat. We're gonna be a problem in L.A. Like I'm sure the I'm sure it was something like that. If he came out and blatantly said, yeah, you know we're better than the Lakers. We're the team to beat. All right, whatever. He's, he's talking smack as the NBA. I do agree. I do think Paul George is one of the better players in the NBA. Um, I, for some reason, I have no idea why he why he nicknamed himself Playoff P. I have no idea where that comes from, from from the one good one or two good runs he had with the Pacers where he lost. Still, uh, he he had a good run, but he lost. I don't understand it. But um, that all the Paul George hate aside, uh, mm-hmm. I think that you know it's just it's just a, some banter back and forth between rival teams. Uh, I think that we'll see it played out on the on the court uh if paul george can you know perform in the la series if he can perform in the playoffs like he hasn't been able to recently uh whether it's with the thunder or the or the clippers uh i I think we'll see i think think being sent home on that buzzer beater by dame and then being you know came back 3-1 by the nuggets in the bubble is just you know that's tough. That's that's really tough. And for to make a comment after all that about being the team to beat, it, it's a little rough after your rival just won the NBA Finals. So I don't know. It, it, it feels to me like just some banter back and forth between rival teams. I think I'm more interested in seeing how that translates onto you know the court. Without a doubt, and I think it just makes it interesting yeah. uh, for the city of LA. It makes it interesting for the rivalry to start going and and building up as well for these guys to be talking a little bit. But I heard it this week, and I was just like, man, these guys just like, you know, I get it. You pick on each other and, and you single guys out at times, but like, you're okay with Patrick Beverly talking. You're hmm. okay with Kawhi Leonard, but not Paul George. Whatever, you know what I'm saying, Jared? Yeah. Dudley? I, I I don't know. Um, but it was a great episode, man. I think we gave the fans what they want. Oh, yeah. um, I'm not sure what else more we could talk about, but it's a great Super Bowl Sunday. I'm super excited. I want everybody go. to enjoy it out there. Tune into the game. Um, like, subscribe, everything to us on you know on your platforms, the way you get your podcasts, on YouTube. We're on there as well. Let us know if you want a, any topic to talk about, man. We'll, we'll talk about that as well. But RDC episode 110 here we go we're out peace